Good morning, and let me say a happy Father's Day myself to all of the dads who are here. We're glad that you've decided to spend your Father's Day morning here with us. And in honor of you dads, I have a short, quick little video. It has two songs as sung and performed by father and comedian Tim Hawkins. Maybe some of you dads can relate to some of what he's about to sing. I love to communicate to music. I just started to communicate with music to my kids. They don't listen to me talking anymore. I just use their songs and get my point across. You know, seriously, you try it. It's awesome. They do listen. We're at the mall the other day. They're just begging me for an iPhone for an hour. I want an iPhone. I want an iPhone. I want an iPhone. I finally said, dude, I'm not going to buy you an iPhone because you ask for it like you need one. You don't. I'm not going to buy you an iPhone. You're insane if you think I'll pay for it. So be on your way. I'm not going to listen. Go away. You're wasting all your time. Here's the dime if you find a payphone, but no iPhone today. And that's what I do. What about John Mayer, man? He's gonna have kids someday in the car. <laughs> I think he might write this song. You better quit all that complaining. Don't wanna hear another sound. If I hear any more whining, I'm gonna turn the car around. You got a little television, and you had enough to eat. If you don't change your disposition, I'm gonna leave you on the street. So I'm waiting. For your attitude to change I keep on waiting For your attitude to change You say that I ain't fair I guess that would matter if I care So I keep on waiting For your attitude to change He is an absolute nut. Um, but... Uh, dads and moms, perhaps you can relate to some of those things. Happy Father's Day once again. We're glad that you are here. Well, we are in this series called Go Deep. We are talking about ways to go deep with God and discovering that more fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ are people who do several things. They're people who serve passionately, belong wholeheartedly, grow organically, and give joyfully. We're going through these four things week by week. We're on week two, so that must mean we are on belong wholeheartedly. We live in a time where people seem to be more connected than they have ever been before. You can instantly communicate with somebody on the other side of the world through a variety of mediums. It's pretty amazing. There are more people who are living in populated and urban areas than ever before. There are more than 7 billion people living on this planet, and yet with this, in this really connected world, more and more people feel that they are living isolated and alone than ever before. In the year 2000, Robert D. Putnam released a book entitled Bowling Alone, and there's a website that's devoted to this book, and it gives a description of what the book talks about, and here's a part of that. Um, Putnam draws, it's, this is what it says, Putnam draws on evidence, including nearly 500,000 interviews over the last quarter of a century, to show that we sign fewer petitions, belong to fewer organizations that meet, know our neighbors less, 
meet with friends less frequently, and even socialize with our families less often. We are even bowling alone. Over the 25 years that he conducted his research, Putnam found these things to be true. Club meeting attendance dropped by 58%, family dinners dropped by 43%, and having friends over dropped by 35%. A lot has happened in the 15 years since this book was written, including the explosion of social media. But still, we are finding that this trend is continuing, that more and more people are feeling alone and isolated in this world. This reality is made painfully obvious when you begin to hear stories of various people around our country. And a story that's told in the book, You Lost Me by David Kinneman, there's a story of this woman named Ashley who was taking a cross-country flight from the West Coast to the East Coast. And she was seated seated next to a, a young girl about 12 years old who was flying to Atlanta to see her father where he lived. And the two struck up a conversation at the beginning of the flight, and it lasted the entire flight. By the time they landed in Atlanta, uh, this girl had shared a lot of personal information with Ashley. And here's what Ashley says in, in response to what happened at the end. She said, after we got off the plane, the girl said something to me that just broke my heart. She said, Ashley, I think you know me better than anyone else in the world. Think about that. In just a few hours, Ashley had offered more community to this young girl than she had experienced or felt at any other time in her entire life. This girl's story is all too common. We can live completely surrounded by people, but never feel like we truly belong. The desire to belong is hardwired into the human soul. And when the church is operating at its absolute best, it offers a community of profound belonging. It's a place where people of different backgrounds can come together, where enemies can be reconciled, where people of different ages and ethnicities can come together and become brothers and sisters, where those who are deeply wounded and those who are critically flawed and those who seem to have it all together can be united and find that they actually have more in common than they ever thought imaginable. Well, today's passage is going to talk about the community of belonging. We're going to look at a passage in Ephesians chapter 2. And this is a passage that, it's part of a passage that talks about what Christ has done to bring Jews and non-Jews together. Through Christ, those with different backgrounds and different social and spiritual histories were able to come together and share one hope. So let's read from Ephesians chapter 2 beginning in verse 17 today. So he came and, rec- and proclaimed peace to you, talking about Christ, who were far off, and peace to those who were near. For, those, for through him, both of us have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. What a great word for us from Scripture today. 
This is a beautiful passage, and it talks about oneness. Before Christ came, there was this huge divide between Jews and Gentiles. They were separate. They were enemies. You know, like many books in the New Testament, this one, Ephesians, is written by the Apostle Paul. And he knew something about this divide between the Jews and Gentiles. He lived it. There was a point in his life after he had come to faith in Christ where he was falsely accused of bringing a non-Jew into the temple in Jerusalem. You can read about it in Acts chapter 21 in the New Testament. This was such a major offense to Jews that the Roman authorities actually allowed Jews at times to execute people who broke this law. There was perhaps no greater symbol of the barrier between Jews and Gentiles than that wall dividing the two groups of people in the temple. Paul was almost executed himself because of this false accusation. Up until this point, this relationship between these two groups of people was defined by their differences, what made them separate. But now, Paul said, Christ has done away with that gap. The dividing wall has been shattered by Christ. And so Gentiles and Jews were, as he said, no longer strangers, no longer aliens. Christ has made it possible for these people both to find peace with God, and because of that, they could have peace with each other. And more than that, he made it so that both groups together could be citizens with the saints, members of the household of God, part of God's family. So now those who grew up, who were close to to the faith and those who had no part of it, were being united in this same family. They belonged to each other and they belonged to God. This passage is one of many in the Old Testament that talks about this family and this really great image of a body. And it talks about how we are the body of Christ. In a body, you have a bunch of different parts. And each part, though it's different and serves a different function, together works together for a common purpose. And the same is true with the body of Christ. Different people with different backgrounds, with different histories, with different talents, come together with Christ as the head of the body for a common purpose. And each part is connected and dependent on the others. There was recently this series of commercials that encouraged us to be together, not the same. If you saw these commercials, there, there was one that had a bunch of different videos of, of unlikely pairings. There were a cat and a dog that had become friends together. There was a baby rhino and a goat, a baby elephant and a sheep, and many other uh, different unlikely friendships. And that's kind of like what the body of Christ is like. We're together, but we're not the same. We're united, but we're not identical in all that we do. It, it, this body, it enables people who are different to come together and find belonging with people uh, who are also on this journey of life. So this passage teaches about this belonging in in God's family, and it's my prayer that regardless of where you are today, that you would find that you belong here, and that through belonging, you would be able to go deeper with God and deeper in faith. 
Well, this passage actually gives us another really cool image for what this community of faith looks like. It calls it a holy temple, a dwelling place for God. For Jews, the temple in Jerusalem was the place, one of the reasons they protected it so much, it was because it was the place where, where heaven touched earth. It's the place where God's spirit dwelt. And so in this passage, Paul is saying there is a new temple, and it's not one that's made of brick and mortar. It's one that's made of people together. This new temple has a cornerstone, the thing that it's all built upon, and that cornerstone is Christ. Then he says it's built up, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, the great leaders of the church, and so you would expect them to be a part of this. But here's the cool thing. We get to be a part of this spiritual temple, this spiritual building as well. Paul says God's Spirit now dwells in his people, in this spiritual not, not a fixed building, not a static building, but one that is dynamic and growing and moving. So we have adopted this really insufficient idea of what the church is. We think that the church is an event that we show up to once a week when we don't have anything else going on, when there's not a community event and the kids don't have a game, or when I just need that, that pick-me-up, and, and we think that that's what church is all about. But Scripture portrays the church as a dynamic community where God's Spirit dwells. That seems like something way too important to just do on the side when it's convenient. Now, if you're our guest this morning, I want you to know that we don't expect you to go deep right off the bat. We want you to know that you can come here, you can check things out. We want to create an environment where you can do that without feeling pressured or coerced and where you can take things at your own pace and sneak out the back if if that's something that you want to do. But if you've been doing that for five years, if you've been just visiting, just checking things out, maybe it's time to take that next step, to embrace your identity in the body of Christ, to find this place, to find your place in this community, to belong wholeheartedly. I can almost hear the objections because I've had them too in my own life. But the church is such a mess. Why would I want to commit to such flawed people? And you're like, if the church is a spiritual house, a spiritual building, then it's, it's one where there's clothes strewn all about the floor, there are stains in the carpet, there's crumbs on the couch, there are holes in the wall, and a strange stench coming from several of the rooms. And you're right. It is a messy house. But we are not united by our perfection. We are united by our flaws and our need for a Savior. And so we come together, and we do that in spite of our flaws. And when we, admit, when we admit that we are weak, when we admit that we don't have it all together, then we find ourselves growing together in love, in compassion, in grace for one another. Here's another objection for belonging, one that I've said myself, but I'm an introvert, you know, for some people, community is something that just comes easier and they, and they crave it and they're energized in a room full of people. And others say, well, I feel a lot more like Donald Miller when he said this, I'm something of a recluse by nature. 
I'm that cordless screwdriver that has to charge for 20 hours to earn 10 minutes of use. People who don't know me outside of Sunday mornings are often surprised to learn that I am a mega introvert. When I take those Myers-Briggs tests, I end up scoring higher on the introvert scale than anything else on the test every time I take it. But the fact that I enjoy time alone and that I need to recharge my batteries does not mean that I avoid community or that I should or that it's healthy for me to do so. God created us for community with other people. He made us all for that. He wants us all to find belonging. Here's a third objection to wholehearted belonging. I'm too busy. Perhaps you've said this before, and you're probably right. You probably are too busy. You probably have way more on your to-do list than you could ever accomplish. You're probably bouncing from one thing to the next. But you know what we do? We make time for the things that truly matter to us, don't we? Dad, since it's Father's Day, I want you to consider something with me. What are we as dads modeling for our kids? If somebody were to ask one of our children, hey, what is the most important thing to your dad? What would our kids say? Here's something that Eve Tushnet once wrote in a book review. She said, parents who show by their words or their actions that the tenets and practices of their faith are vague, unimportant, or only tenuously related to daily life produce teenagers whose faith is vague, marginal, and unlikely to shape their actions and plans in any significant way. Parents who ask little of their children in terms of faith formation, but a great deal in terms of, say, getting into a good college— make a statement about priorities which their children trust and follow. You know, my kids are 15, 12, and 10. I am very aware of how short my time is with them all together in the house. And so it's important for me to take a step back from time to time and say, what am I modeling for my kids? Are my actions living up to my desires of what I, the priorities I want to instill in their lives. I want to encourage you, dads and moms, to do the same. We have a lot of objections to wholehearted belonging, but we need to be in community with other people if we want to go deep. So how do we do it? Well, we start by deciding to commit to the community of faith. Beyonce once saying, if you like it, then you better put a ring on it. Now, she was talking about an engagement ring, different kind of commitments, but I think the principle can be applied here, that there comes a point in every relationship where if you're going to go deeper, it takes a new level of commitment. We live in a a culture where commitment is avoided, It's downplayed and it's diminished. But there are times where it becomes important. Wholehearted belonging begins when we say, I am going to commit to be a part of this community of faith. I'm going to commit to being in in relationships with people who are also on the journey of faith as well. It continues when we prioritize the time with those people. Being sure to protect it, not let the busyness of life choke it out. 
you know, we do our best to offer some opportunities for you here to, to find community with other people, whether it's special events or community life groups that, that we kick off at least twice a year. We'll be doing that again in the fall. We've got this women's study starting. We're hoping to have more for men soon. This women's study that's starting a week from Tuesday will give even more time for connection and, and more time for discussion for, for women, which will be a really good thing for you. Um, but there are other ways to connect with people outside of small groups and, and things like that. For instance, when you serve together, you can really begin to develop relationships that way. In fact, some of the best relationships I have ever had in the church were with people who were serving alongside me in youth ministry. Uh, I did that for 15 years, and when I was with other people and we'd go to camps together and we'd serve on a weekly basis, we went deeper and deeper in community and, and into each other's lives. It's one of the ways that you can actually take last week's message about serving passionately and this week's message about belonging wholeheartedly and bring them together and to do two things at the same time. Another way to do that is sign up for one of our short-term missions. I, I tell you what, that is the fast track to getting to know people. If, if you have ever been on one of these trips or if you know somebody who has, then you know when you are tired and dirty and you're uncomfortable, you really start to get to know each other quite well. <laughs> and it's awesome. I, you know, I was just watching some folks this week who went to Costa Rica with, uh, on the trip that I went and connected and talking and, and enjoying each other's um, presence, and it's such a great thing to see. Here's another way to accomplish multiple things at the same time. Gary and Angie Britton are going to be leading a class starting in August this summer called Financial Peace University. If finances have been a struggle or something that you've never been able to quite master, this is an incredible class that's very helpful for that. We'll be sharing more. Uh, but one of the side benefits of that is you get to hang out each week with people who are on the journey of faith and a great chance to build community. So we have programs that seek to help you with this wholehearted belonging thing. But here's what I want to tell you. Don't wait for community to be programmed. Take initiative. Take responsibility. Say, I want to be in community and make it happen. Some of the best ways to grow in community of support and love and encouragement and faith is to form relationships that just happen organically when people are intentional about spending time with one another. Well, I have one more question for you before we close today, and it's this. Have you ever been bored in church? Some of you are like, I'm bored today, Sean. Could you wrap this thing up? <laughs> I must confess that I've been bored in church before myself. I've been the one looking at my watch or fighting off sleep or daydreaming about what was going to be happening later in the day. You know, so many of us see church as this weekly event that needs to be endured. It needs to be survived. Hopefully, we haven't bored you too much this morning. But I'm very aware that even in a contemporary church with a phenomenal band and everything that we have going on here, that if, the, if all it is is just coming to this service, it can become boring after a while. Larry Crabb once wrote this speaking to church professionals. He said, when, uh, we can get by for a while on size, skilled communication, and programs to meet every need. But unless we sense that we belong to each other, with masks off 
the vibrant church of today will become the powerless church of tomorrow, stale, irrelevant, a place of pretense where sufferers suffer alone, where pressure generates conformity rather than the Spirit creating life. If faith is only about attending a weekly event in order to be entertained, and that's all that it is, eventually you will get bored. Faith is meant to be so much more than that, which is why we're having this whole Go Deep series and we're talking about different ways that we can really engage in this life. And today we focused on belonging and and doing that wholeheartedly, being a part of this community, because in community we find support, we find strength, we find encouragement and accountability. We find things that help us to grow. So may you belong wholeheartedly, and may that help you go deeper in your faith. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you for the joy of getting to see community in action this week. I thank you for the way that you are growing the connections of people within this body. Lord, I I do pray as always, that those connections would not help make us just look inward and and get inward focused, but that they would continually be helping us to go out and reach and share your love with new people and more people. Uh, Lord, we know that you want us to, to find new depths of life with you. You have so much more for us than the little bit that we often experience just scratching the surface. So help us to take the the leap of faith and, and to take these steps so that we can go deeper with you and that that may help us reach wider into our community. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.